this time on Chew Diligence, co-founder of The Smoke Sheet, Sean Ludwig. Using our powers combined, we created a, a national uh, newsletter. And uh, that newsletter is, I feel like, in a lot of ways, become a community. How his Casey roots led to quite the barbecue fandom. These are not just, you know, casual, I like barbecue, but like, I love barbecue. Mm -hmm. And that's a really powerful audience. And how those barbecue roots sparked a friendship. We didn't know each other. We were happened to be next to each other in line and started talking. And when you're in all those long lines and a long barbecue line, yeah. you just become friends with the people around you. You get to know everyone a little bit. What's their story? Where are they from? On this episode of Chew Diligence, we are talking about barbecue. We have in podcast studio with us Lindsay Shively here with Jill Silva and Sean Ludwig, co-founder of The Smoke Sheet. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And you might know him on Instagram as NYC Barbecue. That is correct. NYC BBQ. That's right. Uh, we also talked about first the food. Jill, let's do a first the food. First, what we're eating in Kansas City. Uh, you just had a delightful dining experience at Strang Hall. Yeah. I, um, you know, we had Anarum Thompson on our show and talked a little bit about what that was going to look like. And um, it is a food hall concept. In Overland Park, just in the downtown area, right near the um, market. And boy, very fun. I got to go to the friends and family. Um, you know, just delicious tastes of this and that. A big bar. Um, lots of activity. So really a fun spot. I think people are going to compare it maybe a little bit with Parlor. It's, mm. it's you know, it's in that food hall genre but you've got different chefs. Um, there's Remy Ayash of, uh, and I hope I said that right. Her last name is a little difficult for me. Um, she's got some tacos um, and uh, wonderful elote that I had, you know, creamy Ooh. and delicious and refried beans. Um, and then um, Chad Tillman um, is doing Norcini, which is a sort of an Italian butcher concept lots of pizza the pizza looked really good in your instagram pictures. i know didn't it and yeah. oh my gosh and those beef sandwiches um italian beef sandwiches oh delicious i'm hungry yeah and then anarum had his wonderful red curry you know that mm -hmm. you know that i really dig that <laughs> so. that was amazing he gave us a sample and i was blown away really good delicious sticky rice um let's see they they have a couple other concepts one's healthy um They've got a coffee shop. You know, it's just, it's a light and bright, pretty space. I think people are going to really enjoy going there and hanging out and having a good time and, you know, having chef-driven. Truly chef-driven. Chef-driven concepts to, you know, try and, yeah. and the food will change and they'll be open, I think, sometimes in the morning. Anna was talking about doing breakfast. Oh. So lots to explore there. Okay. Fabulous. Uh we went out to dinner at Corvino this week. Yeah. And um, we had been before and loved it, but we had not been just the two of us. And uh, it was just so the service was impeccable. If you haven't been, I know you've been, I'm sure, like where the you order, uh, it's all shareables. It's all kind of almost tapa style. And they course it out for you. You order everything at once. And the timing was flawless. We had to try the seaweed donuts because they're all over Instagram. And um, Sev loves caviar. It's not something that I gravitate toward. But this mm -hmm. made it so approachable because it's in creme fraiche. Yeah. On top of the seaweed donut. It was just 
salty in the best way and amazing. And uh, the burger that you can have at the ravenous pop-up they're starting, you can also get in the restaurant. And that was yeah. crispy and, you know, flat-top griddle-style delightful. And this gnocchi with this spicy bacon brisket bolognese mm. with this Parmesan froth homemade potato. It was just really good. Oh, I think it was better than just really good. It, you're you're was, drooling over there. I know. We were having a moment. I mean, I'm drooling over here now. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, that sounds so good. <laughs> and it was one of those things where we forgot that we ordered it because it was the last thing. And we were like, we're so full. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Dig in. Dig in. Yeah, yeah. That's fabulous. I, You know, those burgers, I think I could have um, predicted. I feel like I predicted that was going to be a big thing on Michael's menu. And right. He was kind of like, oh, we're just going to do that. for." At first, it was just a late night. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then because yeah, was... we didn't have it the first time because it wasn't on the dinner menu yet. Yeah. It was supposed to be after 10 o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just really well done. So yeah. it'll be fascinating in 2020 to see what he does with Ravenous. That's right. Oh, and the fries. I forgot the fries that food and wine love so much. Like talking about, you know, you mm-hmm. go to this fancy restaurant. Seb was like, oh, so a lot of accolades that go, yeah, we're going to get the burger and fries. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they do it right. Uh, so, Sean, NYC barbecue. So you're not based here right now, but you're here to see family for the holidays. When yep. you come to Kansas City, where is your go-to spot to eat? I always try to come and eat at a barbecue place that I, you know, some one of, one of them that I love, but also someone that I haven't been to. Mm. So if I can try to, you know, go to a barbecue place that, you know, a classic one like a Joe's um, or a new school one that I love like Slaps, make sure that I can fit that into my into my time here. Um, but I also want to make sure that, you know, if there's a place that's been on my radar for a long time or like an old school one that's been around for 30 years but just haven't made it there yet. Um, and there's a few of those still. Um, there's so many good places in Kansas City, um, and then there's new ones popping up, you know, all the time. Um, so while I'm here, uh, fingers crossed that Harp will be available on uh, <laughs> on Saturday. And if he's good to go for Saturday, I will be there early, waiting in line. I know he's been on the show, and um, and I actually got to hang out with him recently in Texas, actually. And um, he's a, he's a great dude, and I want to try his brisket. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you yeah. have to try his brisket. I'll so. try everything, but the brisket seems <laughs> yeah. to be like the thing that people are talking about. Is that yeah. do you find because you are part of the smoke sheet that you do have to try everything when you go to a barbecue spot, or do you gravitate to one? item i will try as much as i can i mean you're you know you can only try so much the the real secret is to have a group of people uh-huh. you can have a group and you can try a little bit of everything that's the key and so going by yourself to a barbecue place is very daunting <laughs> sharing is caring so too, doesn't a it? little bit yeah because yeah. it's about you know barbecue it's about yes. community exactly social it's yeah social so food. uh you know while i'm here um and i would love to revisit it's been a while since i've been to lc's mm. and it's been a while and i really the first time that I went, I just really, really enjoyed it quite a bit. And I, I like those old school, you know, old yeah. school, you know, no frills. You know, I don't need a, a white tablecloth with my barbecue. You know, <laughs> right. I need, you know, I want, I just want some down home cooking. Counter yeah. service. Is that your preference? Um, I would say generally, generally counter service is my preference because when you start adding in all those other layers, the price goes up, uh, the expectations go up. There's just so much more, but I just want good food. Yeah. And it, but and, well, it treat me well at the counter too. Be nice right. to me at the counter, but don't, <laughs> you know, I, good service is good too. But like, you know, I don't need, I don't need you to bring me out my fancy plate. 
Are there other places, because that just makes you think of the Hi May I Help You that you get at <laughs> Gates, right? Mm-hmm. Are there other places in the country that have that same kind of call when you walk in that they're known for? I'd say very few. Really? Very I love few. that. I think it's, a, it, it's something that stuck around there, and in a lot of ways it feels um, like it's almost outdated in a way, right? Like it doesn't feel modern, but that's just, that's who they are, right? That's what their place is known for. Um, But I don't think that many places are really known for um, a call when you come in. It's one of my favorite parts of every visit, right? (laughs) I look forward to it. Well, it's a trademark for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, it's really interesting though, because you like the old school. I like old school too, Mm -hmm. but Instagram is kind of changing Changing the way barbecue mm-hmm. looks and feels and maybe even the call out when you walk in, right? <laughs> I mean. Like and subscribe <laughs> is, yeah. is the new call out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, you, you know intimately what that's all about. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about the smoke sheet and that whole we're, – we're operating in a very different – different world anymore aren't we that you have to think about what things look like and the experience you do i think that think about the way that the internet has kind of reshaped the the food landscape that um you know online reviews and people's you know word of mouth is very different now because your word of mouth goes a lot farther than it used to right so uh the way that people talk about food and barbecue on the internet now is you know, it's kind of shaped in a sense that if you don't think about that when you're starting your restaurant or starting your pop up or whatever, uh, it could backfire if you don't kind of have everything together out the out the gate. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of these old school people do not even really know what a pop up is, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a really interesting changing landscape. And I think that tell us how the smoke sheet started, because I think that you guys are really capturing all the old and all the new that's happening out there. And it's kind of just a crazy world in barbecue right now. We've had competition for a long time, but there's so much more going on than just competition barbecue. You guys are kind of covering it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to take a, a step back, the Smoke Sheet's a weekly barbecue newsletter that uh, I started with Ryan Cooper, a.k.a. BBQ Tourist. Mm-hmm. And we started that uh, mid-last year, mid-2018. Has it only been that long? I know. It feels like <laughs> longer. But we've also been... Uh, big barbecue fanatics and hmm. part of, you know, being part of that community for longer than the smoke sheet's been in existence. So it's not like, um, you know, we came at it and we're just, just getting started. Like we already had kind of a foothold in mm-hmm. the world, but then using our powers combined, we created a, a national uh, newsletter. And uh, that newsletter is, I feel like in a lot of ways, become a community. There's a lot of people that want to be featured and written about and like to give us tips and tell us where to go and kind of point us in the right direction when we're going to a city we haven't been to. Um, so we've just been you know, traveling around the country, um, eating the best barbecue, um, and we're, we're actually both originally from Kansas City. So we both right. grew up in Kansas City. So that's where we get to know barbecue first. And that's what we think of as barbecue. And as we've grown up, as we've moved around, um, he lives in Omaha. I live in New York. Uh, we've um, had the chance to, you know, kind of op- you know, open our minds, open our palates, understand that barbecue can be a lot more than just what we had, you know, when we were, you know, six. So how did you guys meet? 
we met in line for barbecue, actually. <laughs> we were down um, both at the same time next to each other in line at Snow's Barbecue in mm. Lexington, Texas. Snow's is uh, number one on Texas Monthly's list of top 50 barbecue joints currently. So therefore... It's a pilgrimage. If you really love barbecue, you know, so much that you just want to travel around for it, you got to go to Snow's. And it's an hour outside of Austin. You, it's only open on Saturday morning. So you pretty much have to eat barbecue for breakfast, right? <laughs> You're showing up there at 7 a.m. Uh, you might get yourself a free Bud Light poured for you at like 8 a.m. or 8.30 because you are standing in line for a long time. And they're just great people. And um, it's only that's the only time that's the that uh, eight to one pretty much is your only window to try snows every Saturday. Wow. But 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 we didn't know each other. We were happened to be next to each other in line and started talking. And when you're in those long lines and a long barbecue line, you just become friends with the people around you. You get to know everyone a little bit. What's their story? Where are they from? We had people we we were talking to other people in line with us at Snows. They were from out of the country. Wow. We were just like, where are you from? They're very from. It's like you you traveled, you know, from, you know, from Japan to be here. What? You know, just (laughs) because you wanted to travel around Texas and eat barbecue. So that naturally everyone there is, you know, fast friends because we all love food and barbecue. Yeah. But the fact that Ryan and I were both from Kansas City, we both were Mizzou grads. Oh, wow. Different times, but, you know, uh, both Mizzou grads. And so that's still part of our, you know, history and um, all those commonalities and the love for barbecue. It just made sense that uh, eventually we started working on a project together and that project has since uh blown up in a lot of ways. How long between meeting at Snows and starting the smoke sheet? Honestly, it was February 2018 when we met in line at Snows, and then we started the smoke sheet. Uh, The first issue was October 2018. When you know, you know. You know, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Well, my barbecue soulmate. (laughs) I love it. And do either of you guys have a background in writing or is that part of the other part of your life? Uh, I studied journalism at the University of Missouri, and I was a a technology journalist for five and a half years in New York. Um, And then I moved over to do, um, you know, the other side, which is, you know, marketing and communications and um, social media, things like that. Um, But then um, I wanted to find a way to get back into some of my more creative habits and I started NYC BBQ so I could write about uh, barbecue and the, the best things that I was finding in New York. Um, I'm not sure what Ryan was studying. I'm trying to remember what he was studying at the University of Missouri. But he is a great writer and he um, has um, you know just an eye for cool things because he's a cultural geographer. So he goes around the country um, for the National Park Service. And is able to, you know, work on maps and writing about cool things that he's seeing uh, around the country. So pretty cool job to have. That's fascinating. (laughs) That's actually how I met Ryan in the first place. He was trying to get in touch with Artie Davis, local legend and icon. And Artie's not wired. (laughs) He's off the grid. (laughs) He's off the grid, yeah. At least the social media one. And so... um, I get this message from Barbecue Tourist and says, hi, I'm Ryan Cooper, and I need to get in touch with Artie, and I know you know him because I can see on your Instagram <laughs> that <laughs> you're always writing about him, talking about him. Um, how can I get in touch with him? I said, well, he's he's not 
not on social media, but I'll, I'll hook you up. So we went and had lunch. And when I met Ryan, his idea at the time was doing these maps and it was going to be a barbecue map of the country. And he was wow. kind of plotting, you know, different areas. So he, I think he was starting in Kansas City. He was plotting out all these various tours and places and trying to keep track of all the restaurants. And I was having lunch with him you know, kind of regularly when he came through town, but it wasn't, but a few months later, he's like, yeah, we're starting the smoke sheet. And I was like, <laughs> wow, this has changed really quickly, but that's a great idea. And you guys just took off. I mean, I it, couldn't believe it, how much travel you guys were doing right out of the gate there. It actually just happened to be, you know, when you want to be part of the community, you can. It just takes like the, you know, the passion and the commitment to go to all these places and go to a lot of events. And we, you know, I think one of our first issues, we actually wrote a roundup of places we went in Memphis. We both had, for some reason, not been to Memphis. And so we went to more than 10 places in Memphis in one one trip so we could go around and try all the places pretty much that people had told us we needed to go. And we even fit a few in that we were just kind of like, we know it's not going to be like amazing, but we just gonna, we're just going to check it off the list. And um, that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be like running around and trying these new things and you're you're and we got to know each other better because we're you know we're on a trip together for the first time and uh getting to know each other getting to know what we like about barbecue work you know planning about the future you know is like really uh, amazing thing and that's was one of our first issues and I think that helped cement a lot of what we were working on and um how we were going to grow and how we we're going to build this mm-hmm. yeah and then how does this work? Let's talk about advertising. I mean, I'm, I'm from the media world. Lindsay's from the media world. Are you guys selling ads? Are you using influencers? Are you doing social? What exactly powers the smoke sheet? The smoke sheet, yeah. Uh, to be honest, the the only thing that we've had any success with so far is really just is advertising, you know, just advertising in the newsletter and then working on extensions of that. So uh, we've done a little bit of social media advertising and we've done a little bit of, um, you know, uh, writing, so to speak, to help, you know, somebody if they need a little bit of writing assistance or something like that. So, you know, using the talents, using our expertise um, and building on that expertise. Uh, we, We really do believe that, you know, think about, you have a really core audience of people that love barbecue. Like these are not just, you know, casual, I like barbecue, but like I love barbecue. Mm-hmm. And that's a really powerful audience that you can reach when you're, you know, advertising the smoke sheet or just being in the smoke sheet. You're hitting a lot of people who just are so passionate and love everything about barbecue. That's a, that's a good audience. So what kind of circulation would you have at this point? Uh, so right now, the newsletter is hitting about 2,000 people every week, but then we have all these other channels, right? So we, we sort of think about that as a, as a baseline. And then the, uh, our Instagrams each have many thousands of people. The Smoke Sheet has an Instagram now. We are, you know, I, I don't know. Think about all the different social channels, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and we're, you know, reaching. Uh, then we have people on our own websites, too. We have three different websites because we really have three brands if you think about it mm-hmm. it's not Your just individuals and individual brands and the smoke sheet all combined reach a lot of people mm-hmm. so pretty cool yeah 
what is it like to try to aggregate those metrics? I mean, it it's, gets complicated and everybody's kind of trying to figure that out right now. I think it is complicated, but I do think you just kind of spell out that you have this many people signed up on your newsletter. You mm-hmm. have this many people are following us on, on social media. This many people visit our websites. Yeah. And you, once you combine that together, you're talking about the tens of thousands of barbecue fans around the country. What was the impetus? You talked a little bit about growing up here, and this was Kansas City's your first exposure to barbecue. And now that you're NYC barbecue, what was uh, the driving force to going, I need to write about this? Was it something that you tasted in NYC? Lack of what you wanted to taste in NYC? To be honest, I think I... Got a taste of barbecue in New York, I think it was about six months into being there. And I was like, wait, this is really good. Ah. And then I realized, I was like, wait, I miss barbecue. Like, because (laughs) in New York, there's not as many barbecue joints as there are in Kansas City. And if you want a really good barbecue joint, you probably need to follow me so I can tell you which ones are the best ones. But, you know, you can't just walk in off the street into an average barbecue joint in New York and feel like you're going to, you know, run to the same quality as you're going to run to the average barbecue joint in Kansas City. That's just how it is because Kansas City is, you know, loves barbecue. Um, So the thing is, I felt like I had missed it. I wanted to learn more about it. And uh, when I started coming back to Kansas City or going to other places around the country, I would like seek out the best barbecue. So I was just naturally, if I'm on a trip, I want to go to the best barbecue joint in town. I don't care where I'm at. I'll just, I'll look it up. I'm like, podunk, middle of nowhere. I don't care. Let me find the best barbecue joint. I want to go there and see if it's any good. Have you started to see, we've talked about this in other episodes, um, maybe what used to be so distinctly regional start to blend together when you're traveling the country? Yes, absolutely. And I think this actually has to somewhat to do with online as well. Like, mm. So we talked about how trends are probably move a lot faster now because you can see something really distinctive that a somebody else is doing um, down in Texas or somewhere else or in Kansas City. And then you can go, no, why don't we try something like that? What are those things? Well, I will say that... There's different, like in, in New York, for example, we have all we have a lot of different kinds of barbecue joints that are pulling from different regions. So we have um, Texas style, we have Kansas City style, we have um, joints that are like Carolina style, and they're pulling from those regions, but not necessarily um, visiting those regions all the time or whatever, or being distinctly connected. Some some of these places actually, you know, they're Texas joints. They actually spent time down in Texas. And then they're able to pull that. Or a Kansas City joint who's from Kansas City or spent a lot of time in Kansas City and pulling from that directly. But I do think that um, there, was a, there was a story that I read uh, a few weeks ago about uh, pork belly burn-ins. And pork belly burn-ins really only coming into existence a few years ago down in a joint in Texas had figured out you know, this really cool thing. And uh, now they're served around the country. Barbecue joints around the country. I had them from Joe's at an event in St. Louis. So Joe's of <laughs> Kansas <a> City, <laughs> Joe's of Kansas City, serving pork belly burn-ins at Q and the Lou, a St. Louis event, and it's a it's effectively something that was born and bred in Texas a few years ago. Okay. Think about the yeah. the way things spread, and I'm sure that they've they've had some kind of version of this. But think about it: is burn-ins traditionally are beef. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so a new spin on crispy pork, 
you know, and, and turning it into something, you know, extra crispy and saucy and tasty. Well, that, you know, in a lot of ways feels very modern. It's, it's not uh, old school burn-ins because, you know, burn-ins been around for, what, decades, many decades. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing about barbecue when we look at the history is that it doesn't seem like it changes a lot, but it does. Over, I mean, you have mm-hmm. only so many large muscle meats to work with, right? So you think, well, there's got to be a limited amount of things. But yet we keep seeing changes, and particularly if you look at a – say a Q39 or a char bar, you've got some really different things going on um, that you wouldn't have thought of maybe 10 years ago, right? So they've got jackfruit. That's they've right. Got, you said uh, char bar. I thought jackfruit, even though they yeah. have great meat. Right. And, and you know, like, uh, oh, let's see, what did I have? Cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were the sides evolve. The a lot. sides are evolving. The things, yeah. I was at Q thirty nine, and they had these buffalo cauliflower. Yep. I mean, it looks like meat, almost tastes like meat, um, but it's using a sort of a barbecue method to do a barbecue side. At any rate, there's just all this creativity going on, and I'm wondering what you know, what do you see for the future? What What's going on out there that we should be paying attention to right now that's trend-worthy? Um, and I hate to use the word trend, trend-worthy with barbecue because it, it seems like that's not the right thing, but there are trends and there are, are looks going on and styles uh-huh. of plating that I think are fascinating as well. Talk a little bit I, about that. I think you're, you're, you're already, you know, kind of on the nose on a few of those things. One is uh, vegetarian and vegan protein, right? Mm-hmm. That Smoked protein is is still barbecue. I know that there's going to be diehards who might listen and say, well, you know, if it's not meat, it's not meat, it's not barbecue. But I'm like, actually, but why not? Why can't uh, a smoked protein of any kind be barbecue? Smoke, I think, is what makes barbecue. Fire, yeah. Yeah, so why not? So why can't jackfruit and seitan and uh, tofu and all these other things be included on the menu? I had tofu burn-ins at a place called Federalist Pig in D.C., and I I will admit I wouldn't have normally ordered the tofu burn-ins, uh, but my girlfriend is a little bit into, you know, wants to try more vegetables and vegetarian stuff as well, which is a barbecue joint, which to me is actually an asset because it means I'm trying more things on the menu. But these tofu burn-ins were actually really good. A little bit of smoke, a lot of flavor. And I was like, actually not bad. The jackfruit at Char Bar, actually pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of meaty, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had really great smoked seitan, which is a, this was a wheat wheat flour, I think, or wheat, some kind of wheat protein, basically. And um, I've had um, that at uh, a place called Monk's Meats in New York. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. And smoky and s- sweet, savory, uh, very, very tasty, actually. And you, if you sort of didn't look and think about it, you just you might not realize that you're eating um, a vegan or vegetarian item. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that being incorporated in the menu. I think trend-wise... Americans are looking at different options. They want to be healthier. Well, how can I enjoy those kinds of cuisine that I like but maybe be a little healthier or just kind of shake it up if I want to, you know, throw a curveball in my menu? Well, then that's where vegan and vegetarian barbecue can come in. And I know that Kansas City's probably not like going to embrace that wholeheartedly. Like, when are you going to have a vegan barbecue joint? I'm not sure. You, you never know. You never, you never know, know, right? You never know. I mean, like, once upon a time, they were cooking up uh, raccoon and what a 
the possum, different proteins. Yeah. Possum. I uh-huh. mean, you know, you wouldn't have ever thought. And that wasn't. I mean, that was in the early 1900s, right, mm-hmm. that we see advertisements for that. And you think, wow, we would never eat that today, right? It's crazy, right? But, you know, 20 years from now, like Satan and, um, you know, tofu and jackfruit and in things we're not even thinking about are probably going I, to be. I fully expect all of those to be on lots of menus. I think as you sort of look the next five years. Think about, uh, I don't like particularly like have a strong affinity for beyond impossible, et cetera. But you think about how the market around protein has been reshaped, right? And so a lot of people talking about sustainability. Exactly. So all of those things, think about uh, the menu and you're like, think about just inclusivity. If you want to bring somebody who's a vegetarian to your big barbecue gathering, have one or two menus, uh, menu items that are um, a protein that they can eat as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and I think that's actually uh, something we need to really think about as the future, right, is like inclusivity and making sure that anyone can come to your barbecue restaurant and, and making sure that your menu is 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 innovative as well as very t- – everything should, everything should taste good. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's going to be a big part of the future. Well, I think you said something really fascinating that I've explored a little bit with chefs in town and not necessarily pitmaster or barbecue chefs, but the idea of smoke being – an ingredient mm. and a technique, right? And that's very defining for barbecue. It's very defining for the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so talk a little bit about that idea. Have you thought about that a lot? Smoke being, I mean, that is what we're talking about really when we're ta- talking about barbecue. It doesn't have to be beef. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be pork. It doesn't. And in our mind right now, those are the barbecue regions, right? I, I would agree with that. I think you're right that smoke is an ingredient. And it, it really, it's probably historically, it's been a big part of how we've cooked. And the, the oldest barbecues and the oldest cooking is over a fire, right? And so, you know, from the beginning of where humans start, start we're cooking, cooking over right? fire, right? We're cooking over, you know, that's just raw, you know, raw meat, raw veggies, all these things over fire, right? And so, you know, I think there's no reason why that shouldn't be a big part of our cuisine today. And I really, I love that uh, more and more places are adding it as an ingredient. There's a uh, live fire you know, cooking at a lot of restaurants. And there it's not just simply, you know, putting something on the stove or putting in the oven or whatever it is, you know, using, you know, trying to maybe just even finishing with fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then immediately serving it, something like that, where um, some of the best barbecue joints, like, will, it's something that is, is being uh, cooked or rested after it's been smoked. Then it gets finished over a grill or finished over that to give it a little extra flavor, a little heat on the end, and then it's served. I think it's great. I mm-hmm. think like more people, more restaurants should be experimenting with that, adding it to their um, to their menus. Even the Gordon Ramsay restaurant that just opened here finishes their pork belly in a burnt end style, mm-hmm. a la the suggestion of the local chef mm-hmm. as an homage to Kansas City. I mean. I think that sounds delicious. Now, have you had that? Mm-hmm. And? I thought it was good. It's, it's nothing like a burnt end. It's more mm-hmm. just like a, a charred, long charred uh, pork belly, but it was buttery, melty, mm, and crispy. It uh, sounds great. I, I guess I need to visit that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I want to ask, too, um, you've traveled the country. Jill and I have talked a lot about uh, 
overseas barbecue restaurants that have been popping up with Kansas City ties and all kinds of other barbecue ties, too. Have you traveled internationally for the smoke sheet? Do you plan to? It's on the agenda, but we have not done that yet. So to be honest, I think trying to to really get a good grasp on all the best joints in the United States is hard enough. And then you start adding in all the joints in Europe and Australia and everything else. It's uh, going to be a challenge. But we are keeping an eye on that. So when we see a really great article about Australian barbecue or um, a Swedish barbecue joint or um, or an England, you know, barbecue joint, whatever, yeah. we are making sure we share that because we think that's very interesting. We actually do list um, one of the top KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society events in Europe is in Amsterdam. It's called the Tony Stone Competition. Apparently, a lot of Americans go over and travel for that one because it's just a fun. It's still KCBS, but it's you know with a, a European twist, and that's a that's pretty cool that there are these international events. Um, barbecue in Australia is blowing up big time, and I've wow. met some Australian pitmasters. Um, uh, some Australian uh, pitmasters uh, came in for the uh, American Royal, mm-hmm. and I met them there. And some Amer- uh, Australians came in for. The um, NBBQA, um, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association uh, uh, conference in Kansas City last uh, last year. And uh, those were great. Like, um, great to meet those people. And I love their enthusiasm. They, in a lot of ways, they are, um, they're just getting started mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But they love barbecue and they love meat. And so they're going to, they're going to get there. They're going to be a big, it's going to be a big force, big culture. And when you already have the New York Times or whatever writing articles about Australian barbecue, you know they've come a long way. They've hit something. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. What do you think it is about Australia that they're excited about barbecue? Because Australia and New Zealand t- seem to be two really strong beds of barbecue interest right now. Well, I think, number one, they love meat. A okay. lot of a lot of meat, and so then these flavor profiles that are coming in that are from Texas or Kansas City and whatnot are um, very different, and that's very exciting. So think about when you go to a restaurant here and it's got different flavors that you've never tried, and you're just like, "Whoa, what? Where is this from? Where's I don't tell me the story here." Well, that's where I think the some of this barbecue comes in. So they, if you if you're a culture and you just really you love you know meat. Uh, why not? Why not uh, experiment with what that, what the flavor of that meat can be, and what kind of smoke you're using, or how long you're smoking it, what kind of rubs you're using? And um, these guys that I that I've met um, from Australia, they are they are really plugged into what's happening in the U.S. They're following along on Instagram and or the smoke sheet and whatnot, learning about what's cool, what's going on in the U.S. And then trying to add that to maybe their menu or if they're doing a competition, maybe they'll add some of those um, ideas in to what what their barbecue should be. When you talk about these people internationally or even nationally, when you travel around and uh, they're pulling from a Kansas City flavor profile, what is that? I feel like we're so deep in it here. It's hard to take a step back and even know what our own flavor necessarily is to the outside barbecue world. I think Kansas City is always going to be known for sauce, I think. Tomato-based sauce, sweet, 
Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes a little spicy uh, burn ends are very Kansas City, are always going to be very Kansas City associated. And when, you know, when they start serving burn ends and they're down in Texas restaurants and things like that, well, they didn't used to serve burn ends down in Texas, <laughs> but they do now. So you do think they about, really? You see them a lot. Now? They're not. I wouldn't say all the time, but they're on the menu. Mm. They're on. They're on. They're on some menus, and that is a that is a sign that different aspects of what has made Kansas City successful uh, and beloved in the barbecue world are spreading uh, nationally and internationally. Mm. But let's talk about rubs because I think that's also a big piece of what goes on in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think um, what I mean we. I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, uh, the the rubs that have been engineered in Kansas City, I think a lot of these um, competition teams have actually had their own rubs that have become popular around the country, actually, and get used on everything. So, um, what I think, um, I'm, I, I don't remember the the ones that um, are the most popular here in Kansas City that are sold, but there's I know that there's several of them that are sold throughout the country at different shops and things like that. So the you know pre-made rubs that are mm-hmm. made here in Kansas City yeah. with very distinctive uh, profiles, but then they're very just. You know, they're used um, at competitions, they're used at restaurants, um, and they, I don't know, just become a very popular, um, a popular thing. You take that for granted when you go to a grocery store out of town and you're like, why, why aren't there 35 rubs and sauces in the ketchup aisle, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it, that and sauce. I mean, sauce is big, but I think, I think the rubs are at that sort of secret ingredient maybe that... I feel like that always gets credited to Texas, mm-hmm. maybe, and, and I don't know but fairly or not, but because obviously our barbecue has rub, right? Yeah, I, well, you know, there's salt Texas, and pepper. Texas, Texas is very salt and pepper, yeah. and some places do do more than that. And that's yeah. a funny thing about it is that, like, in a lot of ways, the resurgence of just salt and pepper is kind of a new thing because I think that these kind of trends and the way things is an ebb and flow. And so in Texas, uh, salt, just just salt and pepper, like this is how it's always been. But, you know, not not every barbecue restaurant's done that. But if you are trying to have the most, you know, sort of, quote unquote, pure representation mm. of barbecue, then you're just like just salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And I don't need sauce. I feel like I used to hear that from people that would say, you know, if they were saying Texas barbecue is superior to Kansas City, that was always the sauce argument. Some Texas places now have sauce, so it's yeah. not. I think that's maybe another thing Kansas City has made a you know such an impact that fascinating. They are like, well, I guess we better have sauce on our table because <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. That's probably true. And if you talk to Artie Davis, who is the sauce meister, he'll be the first one to say yes, but have it on the side because really, what you want to taste is the smoke. Yes, right. So once you get that down. You can have whatever you want, I suppose, <laughs> sauce-wise. I always want and my more than one. always yeah. want my barbecue with sauce on the side. Yeah. I yeah. want to try that delicious um, brisket or um, pork belly, yeah. whatever. I want it without the sauce. I want to try the purest representation of that meat and then add the sauces I want. And also because yeah. it's half for the fries, let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm curious – how do you see the um, competition world, which has done a heck of a lot for Kansas City Barbecue, um, being that we're the home of the Kansas City Barbecue Society and the sanctioned contests um, and restaurants? How do those two play out there in the larger world? Who Who is innovating the most and who's driving us forward in the barbecue world? 
If I'm going to be perfectly honest, I think that restaurants and pitmasters are doing more for advancing barbecue in a lot of ways. And a, a competition barbecue is very structured. And if you go to a lot of these barbecue events, you're all a lot of the brisket you'll try or a lot of the chicken you'll try all has very similar flavor profiles. And competition barbecue is you're designing your barbecue to meet um, you know, what's going what's gonna to work well for the most judges, right? And there, you know, there's tips and tricks that have been traded for years on what works best for the judges. So you're just kind of building that. It's not necessarily trying to find the purest, most creative way to um, give your barbecue, you know, a spin. You are trying to make a certain kind of barbecue within parameters, and so that's where restaurants, though, aren't within those constraints. Restaurants have the general public to, you know, to have their opinions in the, in the competition world. You know, just the, the people at the events, which are often small, um, outside of like the American Royal, which is in Kansas City's amazing, huge, big barbecue event. Um, so you think about it in terms of who's going to be advancing the barbecue conversation. Is it the people that are making the same thing every time they make a cook? Or is it the people that experiment with new things on their menus and trying to figure out what is the public going to respond to? How are they going to do this? What's going to look good on Instagram? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? right? Well, I mean, there's a, whole other a, thing. there's a certain look going on right now for sure. Um, Can I just say about is there a case? Flavor? Oh, oh. Uh, just about KCBS, yeah. I, I do think they're very interesting, um, and they've done a lot to promote and advance barbecue generally, and they have a new CEO, Emily Detweiler, and I'm very excited to see what she does. Now, she's bringing you know, uh, um, you know, a new look to KCBS, and I think that she wants to you know, probably push them in a more modern direction, I think, and that's going to be very important because competition barbecue isn't really growing so yeah. to speak. So if it's being stagnant, if it's sort of staying at the same level, that means it needs to grow. It needs to become bigger. And I cannot wait to see what she does um, to grow that. I've heard great things about her. And we need to get her on the podcast, mm -hmm. I think. I um, think you should. She's yeah. she's super smart. I think she's, wow. she's really interesting. So I cannot wait to see um, what the future holds for KCBS. Well, um, that kind of reminds me there are a lot of women carolyn wells who's retiring and emily's coming in a lot of women who have really contributed to competition barbecue a little harder to find women pit masters across the country in the same numbers that you see men doing it yeah tell me, tell me a little bit about that what do you think that's about i'm i'm shocked that in a city like kansas city if you ask me outside of competition who are women pit masters mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the Jones sisters, and right. then I'm going to go, uh... <laughs> yeah, as I say, can you name anyone else besides the Jones sisters as being influential pitmasters in Kansas City? And I, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm struggling to remember um, another big name in that, you know, which yeah. maybe that is simply um, a failure of media to tell those stories and to latch on to just a few big personalities and have the, the, the lens of barbecue shaped through those personalities, right? Think about, like, barbecue television, right? The barbecue TV has helped grow what barbecue is today and what it what people think of barbecue. But a lot of the biggest names on that barbecue television, like on the more hip side, maybe something like Aaron Franklin, and on the sort of uh, general consumer, just big name side, like Myron Mixon or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But these are, you know... Uh, White guys who have just a, a big affinity for barbecue and great personalities, but Large we need to tell, yeah, but we need to tell 
um, stories about great uh, women in barbecue as well. And I think that the more those stories are told, that makes it easier for um, for a woman who wants to be in that world to go and go, yeah, I want to be like her. You know, I want to do this. And I think just you need more representation. Do you see more representation out there than we're actually hearing the stories about? I think there is. And I do think that some of those stories, um, for example, um, Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly has written several great stories um, when he has about um, women pitmasters who have done, you know, really great work. Um, but I do think you just need, yeah, I think you, one, you need more storytelling. Um, and then we need, um, you know, to kind of champion these people you know it's like not it's not um it's not an easy thing to figure out it's not it's not like one thing is going to fix this problem but i do think that part of what we need to do here and all of us have a kind of a role to play when it comes to media and shouting out different women in barbecue is helping tell those stories when there when there's a great story to tell make sure that story gets told and if you are listening and you know of a great woman pitmaster or just a pitmaster whose story has not been told tell us Mm-hmm. Tweet us, Instagram us. Absolutely. Um, diversity, uh, going beyond women. Mm-hmm. Do, are you starting to see a more diverse group of uh, both restaurant owners and competitive people out there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's actually growing. What's What's great is barbecue has always had diversity, I think, in it. It's just that sometimes those stories weren't told or kind of lost to history. But think about just barbecue just as a, as a concept, right? There's barbecue in every country that in the world. It's just a different kind of barbecue. And so um, one, one story that I recently have been just kind of caught up with and love reading about is um, Blood Brothers Barbecue in Houston. Um, and they are bringing, um, you know, sort of Asian influence to barbecue and bringing just all kinds of different ideas and what barbecue can be. And I love that. I love that, like, I'm going to take traditions from either my parents cooking or from where I grew up and bring that into American barbecue up in um, up in New York. Um, in the New York area, there's this guy, um, Robert Austin Cho, who blends uh, Korean cuisine and Central Texas barbecue. And it's awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So think about like um, your uh, your smoked ribs that have been the pork ribs that have been smoked for six hours or whatnot. And then you have like a, um, a Korean like uh, glaze on it. Right. And so think, you know, I know that you can get um, Korean ribs at a Korean restaurant, but maybe they're not necessarily getting that, you know, the Texas smoke that you might want to get with your your ribs or whatever. You know, just think about it. There's different kinds of uh, cultures and uh, cuisines that are combining together to make really delicious food. And I cannot wait to see even more of those, you know. And that's, I mean, this is where international representation comes in and diversity. You know, I want to see more twists on barbecue. Um, One of the joints that's one of the top joints in in New York is is Hometown Barbecue in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And if you ever make it up and if you haven't been, definitely should check it out. Um, He, uh, Billy Durney, the pit master, has pulled influences, has uh, Korean wings and uh, Jamaican jerk ribs on his menu that he's pulling things that are sort of international influences that are coming from his youth of growing up in Brooklyn and trying all these different international cuisines and bringing them into his barbecue, which um, for the most of the barbecue menu is Texas style at hometown. But there is a lot of these other other little things that are on there that are just 
wildly good, but all, you know, all kind of combining uh, really great smoke and really great flavor profile. What's the best Kansas City style barbecue in New York, in your opinion? Um, I would always direct people to go to John Brown Smokehouse in Long Island City, Queens, to have Kansas City barbecue in New York City. Uh, the pitmaster and owner, uh, Josh, is really um, diehard Kansas City guy. Um, he's either he, either he grew up in Kansas City or spent a lot of time in Kansas City, and so he knows Kansas City barbecue really really well. He hosts great Chiefs and Royals Hi. watch parties that oh. are amazing. <laughs> um, I've I've been there for both Royals and Chiefs games, and it's just a lot of fun. And he even um, even some of the former Chiefs players who live in the New York area have come and guest bartended and stuff like that. What? And hung out. Yeah, but it's kind of cool, right? You think about football players who, you know, sometimes end up, you know, living elsewhere or whatever, um, will come just hang out. I, I've read about this, I think, around the time that the Royals were, mm-hmm. you know, winning the World saying. Series. I think this this story was like, yeah, I've forgotten about it, but thank you for reminding me. Maybe if you'll you... need to go visit in the next couple of weeks for some playoff games. Yes. <laughs> I think that very well may be in the future. Um, if you do go there, make sure you get the burn-ins. The burn-ins are amazing. They're so, they're so tasty. They'll stand up to whatever you've had in Kansas City. Wow. Yeah. They, they're that good. But think about it. If, if you spent a lot of time in Kansas City and you know it's good and you want to bring some of that into your restaurant, you can. You just have to care enough to do it and figure out how to do it. Now, you went to the American Royal for the first time, right, this past year? Was, or that, so was that this was my time? this was my second time going to the okay. American Royal. Now, the first time I went, it was almost overwhelming. There's so many people there. Have you both mm-hmm. been? Mm-hmm. It's there's so many people there. It's almost crazy how many people are in that one space. It's a small town for a weekend, right? Pretty much yeah. uh, in uh, a town that is national and international. Mm-hmm. You know, people from around the country and around the world all there, and you know, so, thousands of people. And then they have you know on Saturday, well, Friday night and Saturday day, having um, Kansas Cityans all coming down and partying and hanging out, trying food. Um, it's really. It's a, a fun, fun event. And That's, I always recommend if you live in Kansas yeah. City um, and you can get an invite to like a party on Friday night, definitely go. That's You're the gonna thing, have, right? Yeah. A Friday night. I mean, they do have some public facing stuff on Friday night, but really, you know, if you know somebody who's having a party, get an invite. Well, that's how <laughs> I hooked you up. That's how I met you the first mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Party. There was a party on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard to get some of those – sometimes hard to get a ticket to one of those things, but if you can, you should. And then on Saturday is a great day for families, I think, um, family events, and then you can uh, you know, buy food or get food, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I just think I, if you live in Kansas City and you want to see a different side of barbecue, uh, the competition side, or just, you know, just a fun barbecue event, that one especially is great. And I think more barbecue events should be held in Kansas City. It's a shame that there aren't more big ones where you have, you know, 20 different vendors of different kinds of mm-hmm. all serving cool barbecue. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, do you think that that would would work? I, I think they need to work on that. I went to Memphis in May a number of years ago and um, they had, you know, some of their locally grown, well-known pitmasters set up and they were the concessionaires for the entire event. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we need to get more of our barbecue restaurants out there selling to the public. Yes. Because it's it's a little bit hard to 
get a good taste, right? Right. If you don't know somebody who's cooking. And also, they're competing. They're busy. Mm -hmm. They don't need you Mm -hmm. in their tent saying, Mm -hmm. hey, you got a rib for me. You know, so it would be it would be really smart, I think, to, so, you know, get half a dozen or, or a dozen barbecue places out there and, you know, all serving up and selling to the public would be so fun. And in recent years, they have kind of created um, a few spots that pop up, right? Yeah, I think they, they're working towards that. Yeah, and I can't yeah. remember who was. Do you remember who was out there this year? There was somebody out there that was a a local you're right, restaurant. You're right. And I can't remember either. I'm not recalling who it was but you know what the what the move might be for kansas city is to have a barbecue and music festival so in chicago ryan and i went recently to the windy city smokeout huge huge music festival but also they attract a lot of amazing barbecue people from all over the country so if you go a lot of music festivals the food is just okay but the food here was amazing, so good that you might not even just – you might just skip the music and just go for the food. Now, the, the focus of the event um, was country, and I don't listen to like a lot of country, just a little bit of country. And so I didn't know – you know, I didn't know three-fourths of the artists. But it was fun to be able to go, you know, try a bunch of this barbecue and then go over and check out this new hot artist that's coming up. Sample both. Yes, exactly. But why not something like that uh, in Kansas City? Mm -hmm. Barbecue and music festival that is just big. Tens of thousands of people could be there. I don't know. Is that something that can happen? I don't see why not. (laughs) Why not? Make it it happen. I mean, (laughs) in Memphis, that's kind of the same idea. Not that they're having them on the very same weekend, but they have a series. You know, so you have a concert and festival Mm -hmm. and then you have the barbecue as a part of it um yeah i I mean why not yeah i feel like kansas city kansas city has a long rich uh music history and food history why not who do we talk to (laughs) i don't know let's powwow if you i guess uh reach out reach out to us on maybe social social media yeah maybe emily would be a good person i don't know there's a lot of interesting people out here and um i've got word and i'll just I'll keep it anonymous for now that we should be looking at a barbecue event that is um, at least like maybe 10 vendors from all around the country in Kansas City next year. Ooh. A competition or no? Not a competition. Not a competition. Just an event? Open to the public. Barbecue joints from around the country. Slinging. Great barbecue. So to be able to you have, let's say, a few local joints and then a bunch of joints from around the country. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mysterious for now because I don't I, I unless it's confirmed I don't want to put it out there but that's right. what I've been told. So are is, you involved with this? I'm not involved in any official capacity. Okay. Maybe not yet. <laughs> I love it. It sounds delicious. I'm on board. Well, yeah. and that should maybe spur uh, hopefully people's imaginations. Mm-hmm. We should have more barbecue events in Kansas, even if it was only five vendors. You know, all getting together. You know, everybody does a different kind of meat, so it's not a competition necessarily. But just celebrating all the best barbecue and maybe pair it with music, so that way you get you know people want to just come hang out, have a good time. I could see that also being paired with beer mm-hmm. and all kinds of delicious things. Uh, yes, liquors and. Locally distilled things. There's an event I'm involved with in New York called Beer Bourbon Barbecue. And, you uh, you know, you'll have 10 different barbecue vendors. You'll have 50 different bourbon vendors. You can do little samples and stuff like that. Uh, You don't want to 
drive. So you might <laughs> you might need to. I don't know. That's where the New York is is handy because it has you know public transit. Yeah. Um. You know a lot of public transit, but I think um or maybe just um amongst your group one one person's the DD right. There you go. So yeah. and they're 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 just need the barbecue you know and the other people they're there to do everything. We do have a competition. Um in Kansas City called Cook for Courage. There's a local organization called Child Protection Center. It's great. And and they have chefs uh, that are not barbecue chefs that are great, well-known, amazing chefs like Colby Geralt, you know, uh, that do competition barbecue under the bridge in the West Bottoms that the public votes on that it's there for this fundraiser and they're trying their hand at something that they don't usually do. Sounds great. And the beer competes too, you know, but clearly there's an appetite for that appetite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We got we got that. That was, a, that was a happy accident. I usually am the one who does those <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, so you usually travel with a friend, and we're really sorry that he is not here with us today. Um, Ryan Cooper is was unavailable to to be on the podcast. But let's talk a little bit about your relationship and what's going on with him right now. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Now, Ryan originally was supposed to come in and record with us. Yeah, um, we were real excited about that. But, but unfortunately, he was recently diagnosed with colon cancer. And uh, that is a, a scary, scary thing. And we are you know, all rooting for his recovery right now. He's doing okay. Um, but he now has um, six months of chemo treatment ahead of him. And just to, you know, kind of make sure, you know, they, they had to remove, um, you know, some of him. And unfortunately, that just, you know, that means it's a long road to recovery and we're all rooting for him. Um, if anyone wants to, to donate to his recovery fund, which, you know, it's when you get cancer, there's a lot of costs associated with that. Um, you can just go to Facebook.com slash BBQ Tourist Fund. And, you know, it just anything you can do to, to help him out if you want to th- throw a few bucks his way. Um, I know he would mean a lot to him and his family. And um, unfortunately, that means for the probably the next six months, at least, he's kind of out of commission, unable to travel around the country. So, you know, we are we're reaching out to our network, talking to barbecue people from around the country. Um, hey, would you want to you know write a guest column for the smoke sheet? Um, and then that way we're able to bring in a lot of new voices into the conversation, uh, but that also helps alleviate, um, you know, uh, the load from him that he has, you know, a lot going on in his life clearly. And we want to just make sure, you know, that we're able to keep this going and he's still very involved, but it just has to take a step back. The outpouring from the barbecue community. Let's talk about that. That's been amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was just down in Austin, Texas for an event. Um, It's like a private event, but raised more than $10,000 for him uh, from people in the barbecue community. And just amazing that um, people from uh, from all over the country have donated to him, have um, sent money. A special shout out to Robert Jacob Lerma, the photographer who um, has who basically collected the first set of donations um, and then immediately got that to Ryan. So to help him immediately, which is, you know, amazing thing that. Uh, doing a fundraiser or something where, you know, it could take a really long time to raise money and distribute it or whatever. But he was able to put together, you know, I think $10,000 in donations very quickly mm. and get that to Ryan and his family. It was amazing. But we're still – he still needs help. So if anyone wants to help, just go to that Facebook page and, and, and help him out. And the other thing they've been sending is hats and T-shirts mm. and messages by video and it uh, just uh, – you know, he – 
Ryan lines it up and you can see. He has gotten so much great swag in the last last month or so. He's been sent, you know, barbecue hats and um, bourbon and um, a a, a brisket from Franklin Barbecue, which is, you know, top notch, of course. Uh, But he's gotten so much great stuff. And that is, I think, keeping his spirits high and making sure that he knows that when he's, you know, when he's ready to get back out there, you know, he's got, you know, all these great hats and he's going to be, you know, he loves barbecue hats. So he'll he'll be cycling every day. He'll probably be wearing a new barbecue hat or whatever. Um, so he's, you know, that's I think that's been keeping his spirits up and um, the just the the support from the community has been unbelievable. What we are is so it about thrilled. the community? I mean, I mean, barbecue people just rally really well. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the community that you feel out there. I think number one they're they're just good people like good down to earth people who understand that a lot of this if if one person in the barbecue community succeeds we're all succeeding in a way and if one of us is hurt one we're all hurt and we feel that i think that the community is not like enormous and so a lot of these people know each other mm-hmm. you've met you've you've met you've hung out with these people many many times um, you maybe had a beer with them or a bourbon with them or whatnot, and you'd had a good conversation and you went to a party or you went to their restaurant and you supported them. And I think everyone, you know, looks at Ryan as a guy who's been to so many of these places and met so many of these great people. And you go, no, he's he's one of us. He's one of our people. And so we take care of our people. And I just I've been so happy that my, you know, my friend, my co-founder has been uh, helped by the community and I'm just I'm thrilled. Like I'm so happy about it that he's been um he's been um helped out. And again, you guys have not really been doing the smoke sheet for very long, so that kind of outpouring is pretty exceptional. It's lovely, think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're really happy about it and the we we even we did some videos where you know people from all over the country were sending videos to Kevin Kelly of Kevin's Barbecue Joints, a great barbecue podcast, and he compiled all these videos together. Um, they were just you know just the great messages. Some of them funny, some of them touching. Um, I recorded one with uh, with Tyler Harp actually. Actually, uh, we were down in Texas. So we recorded that. a quick one together while we were waiting in line at Micklewaith in um, in Texas. And um, yeah, we just we are really we're pulling for him. We want him to be okay. We want his family to be okay. And um, we're just going to keep uh, doing everything we can for him. Well, Lindsay. Where where are we on the barbecue hour? It's like two hours now. Well, there's once, so much to talk about. Once we get into barbecue, we just can't right. seem to stop ourselves, can we? That's right. That's right. Uh, thank you for coming on. What a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. It is. It's been a pleasure. And um, whenever I, I hope one point we can we can all do this again with mm-hmm. Ryan. Yes. And we can talk about more more joints in Kansas City. And there's so many. I mean, there's there's so many good topics. And please yeah. tell him from us that we're thinking about him, too. I will. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I was talking to him right before. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, texting back and forth. He told he told me what to ask. <laughs> you know, hold, hold your fingers to the fire here so to speak (laughs) the smoke and fire (laughs) the smoke and fire you guys have done a really uh amazing amazing job of capturing barbecue in a really short amount of time and we wish you lots of luck continue 
continue on. Thank you very much. I guess if anyone's interested, uh, bbqnewsletter.com is where you can kind of find all the links and everything and what we do. And um, and we just we're we're so happy to be part of this community. And I think I'm I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Kansas City, too, has been part of this. And we just love, you know, the, the Kansas City barbecue community. Thanks for the shout out links too. every time we do yes. a barbecue episode or, you know, you think you guys will share this one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right.